Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law. Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. They will take care of you so that you can have personal renewth, renewth, renewal and growth is what I meant to say. <laughs> but I combined it into renewth. That's a great new word for everybody. Yeah, I'm down with it. But it is time, of course, now, the moment we've all been waiting for, the radio, TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, doll? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 323, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And we'll try to do that with you. We got to get into, man, it's going to be the highlight matchup of the week. It's Houston against Dallas. Dallas against Houston, two cities that hate each other going up against each other in the NFL. We'll see what happens. We'll get into that. Got some stories around the block. But Greening Law is where we'll start you with, my friends, because yes, indeed, it's important you guys know about this. I've been working with them since July of 2021. So this is going on, what now, 17 months. I can tell you going through this process of the past 17 months without the green team well, I think, honestly, I was going to say it's, it's impossible. That, then I was like, well, maybe that's a stretch. No, I think it would be impossible. They have guided me. They have pointed me in the right direction. They have truly helped me in uh, so much that goes on behind the scenes when you get into a car accident like that where it's not your fault. And when they say that they are your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies, that is exactly what Robert Greening and the Green Team do. Oh, and, you know, Matt's told you he's been working with them for a long time. And the thing about it is... Matt can tell you, it's a long, complicated process, man. It can be a little tedious. It can be a little scary. And uh, in a situation like that, who doesn't want a homeboy? Think about Greening Law as your homeboy. Who doesn't want a homeboy to ride with you, show you where to turn left or right, be your back, cover your back, ride with you? That's what they do. They ask, they answer questions for you. They ask you, they tell you about stuff you don't even know that you're supposed to know. And all of that um, is what I think makes them special. And that's why Matt rocks with him. That's why you should rock with him, too. That's exactly right. So if you've been hurt in a car accident or injured on the premises of a business, you need to give him a call. 972-934-8900. Don't forget that consultation is absolutely free. 972-934-8900. So call him now. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. The Cowboys and the Texans. See, it's unfortunate that the Texans are 110-1 and and are easily hands down the worst team in the NFL because this is a rivalry that you want more out of and it's a rivalry obviously that you don't get to see very often because they play in the AFC and because of the NFL scheduling purposes it's very rare for the Cowboys and the Texans to play outside of when it's automatically coming up on the schedule 
in these two cities, because everybody knows this. And if you're a Houston listener, you know this already. People in Dallas hate Houston. I hate Houston. I don't like the city. I have a couple of friends in Houston that are nice people. And I think the Houston people hate Dallas, at least from what I get from my friends. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate that, that like the Astros and the Rangers, when they're both good, it's a lot of fun. But the Astros are colossally better than the Rangers have been for the past five years. So even that one, it's like, oh, we're whipping your ass. Well, obviously, you're supposed to. So to me, like if the Cowboys whip the Texans ass on Sunday, as you expect, I'm not going to brag to my I'm not going to talk trash to my Houston friends because what are they going to say? Well, obviously, we suck. <laughs> we're the worst team in the NFL. We're horrible. So it'd, it'd be cool if the Texans were some even mediocre would be nice, but they are not. The Texans are really, really bad. Well, how bad are they, man? Well, the Texans are, as I mentioned, not only are they one ten and one. But when you start digging into us a little bit, yeah. what, what do we know that the Cowboys want to do? They want to run the football. They want to run with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Man, if the Cowboys could run and Dak throw it 22 times, they would be loving that. Well, the good news is Houston is dead last in the NFL against the run. They allow 169 yards a game. Think about that. 169 yards a game allowed. Oh, my. The next worst team allows 155. So they're allowing 14, 15 yards more a game than any team in the NFL. They allow 4.9 yards in attempt, which is atrocious. They are 23rd in the NFL in points allowed. They allow 24 a game. So you look at defensively, there's just not, well, you know what? On third down defense, they're 12th in the NFL. So they don't suck on third downs. So they got that going for them. <laughs> but this is a really bad defense. The flip side, and, and this is where they're worse, when you go, how do you get worse than that? Oh, you look at that offensive, man, where they are, um, what are they, 29th in the league in rushing at 87 yards a game yep. and uh, 27th in the league in passing at 191 yards a game. Yep, and, and, and uh, they, they thought Kyle, they thought Davis Mills was so bad they replaced him with Kyle Allen, and then they're like, well, Kyle Allen really sucks, so they've replaced him back with Davis Mills. Dude, they gain, check this out now, they average, average 279 yards a game. Dead last in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean... 15 it, points a game. Yeah, I mean, they're horrible. I wonder why I picked them to cover. I, I did... Well, again, covering is different, and it's, it's wild because when they don't score, just, they can't yeah, stop you from scoring. They don't pass. They don't run. They don't move the ball. They're, they're 31st in yards per play completely. They're dead last. Think about this. There are only three teams in the NFL that convert less than 33% of their third downs. They're one of them. Offensively, they're dead last on third downs. They convert 26% on third down. That's incredibly bad. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember why I didn't pick the Cowboys to cover. Okay. As bad as they are, and they are bad. Matt just told you how bad they are. They've only lost one game by more than 17 points. Yeah, and, and here's my thing with this, and this is where this will get interesting because we paint the picture of how bad the offense is. The only team that they've scored more than exactly 20 points on is the Rams, who also, believe it or not, the Rams are horrible, and they scored 24 on the Rams. That's their season high. They scored exactly 20 on three occasions. Only two teams that they've played have failed to break 130 on the ground against them. I have a really hard time believing that what we've seen from the Cowboys, that they don't just run all over the Houston Texans. 
As a matter of fact, I've been hesitant. I drafted Zeke Elliott in my fantasy league. You're like, I'm playing him this week. I am. And I'm deep at running back. <laughs> and I don't think I've played Zeke in several weeks. I'm playing him in this game. Part of it is because it feels like he's finally really healthy and they, they've understood in the last handful of games how to use him and Pollard effectively. But against this team, this is a game I kind of expect like last week where they both were over 70 yards and were scoring. And I, I don't know... What the Cowboys want to do is what Houston is really bad against stopping. So I don't know why the Cowboys wouldn't have just their way running the ball, controlling the clock, keeping it completely away from Houston and running away with this thing. Uh, You're right. Uh, Now, the reason why I might have picked the Cowboys to cover is, and it fits into what you're talking about, is while Houston has not really been like just smoked on the regular the one thing these Dallas Cowboys have done under Mike McCarthy is, oh, if they get up on you and they have a chance to smoke you, they go smoke you, bro. Yeah. You know, and uh, and even since Dak came back, you know, Detroit by 18, Chicago by 20, the Vikings by 37. Uh, you know, the Giants game was really uh, a 14-point win. Basically, they scored with 20 seconds left or whatever. Yeah. And then 35 points on the Colts. So... I can see why people would pick him to cover because um, under McCarthy, they, I mean, they will blow you out. You know, they had a bunch of them last year where they blew people out, uh, especially in the division. So uh, it'd be an interesting game just to see how big the margin is. And I guess this is one we're going to style point, Matt. So if they win by a touchdown, we'd be like, what the hell's wrong with them? Well, I think you're right. I mean, and again, you know, we talked about this last week with the Colts. We knew the Colts gave up a ton of sacks and we knew the Colts would turn the ball over. And the Colts just, I mean, turn it over and turn it over and turn it over, obviously. Well, the Texans are the same way. The Texans will let you sack the quarterback, and the Texans are fourth in the NFL in turnovers, or third in the NFL, excuse me, with 20. And you, it, it's the same story to me, because you look at this. They've played 12 games. They're 1-10-1. In those 12 games, they've turned it over at least once in 10 of them, and they've turned it over at least twice in seven of them. And now you're going up against a team that can pressure your quarterback that takes the ball away. I don't know why you wouldn't expect, again, Cowboys to be able to run the ball at will. Cowboys will get a couple of turnovers on defense. They'll sack the quarterback a handful of times. It, I think you're exactly right, man. If, this, if, if they only win by seven, then it's either you weren't motivated, you played flat, you figured you could just show up and win this game because this is a team you should wipe the field with. Okay, I've already changed my mind now uh, because, yeah, I, I forgot that they also give up a bunch of sacks, which Dallas leads the league in sacks. They turn the ball over. Dallas is second to Philadelphia in turnovers. Yeah. All the stuff that they suck at, Dallas is good at. Uh, so, yeah, I think Dallas will roll. 42-10. That changed very quickly. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to just – if you okay, let me, let me take you all behind the scenes. You know, I'm one of the selectors uh, at the Dallas Morning News. There's about eight of us, ten of us, uh, who pick games. And yeah. I have a strategy for picking games. Not, And I don't spend a lot of time on it. I don't look up very much, if anything. Matter of fact, I couldn't even tell you the last time I looked up something. But typically, I go with any team to cover a 10-point spread. So a 17-point spread is just like, oh, my God. That's just a, that's just a bunch of points in an NFL game. But – if you get the right team and Dallas tends to blow people out, then I guess it's not really that big. Yeah, it, it, I wouldn't think so. I mean, this is one of those games. I mean, to your point, as you mentioned, it, it's not like Houston 
has been getting their ass kicked. You know, I mean, Vegas beat them 38 to 20. Washington beat them 23 to 10. Miami got them 30 to 15. Those are yeah, their those worst are, losses of the those year. Are solid, those are solid losses. Yeah. But they're not embarrassing. Yeah, so, I mean, to your point, like you mentioned, only one team has beaten them by more than 17 points, and that was the Raiders who got them at 38 to 20. But, man, they, now, you know, so we're talking about that. But then, to your point, even last year, the Cowboys won a game 41-21. They won 44-20. They won 43-3. to You know, they won 56-14. Yeah. 51-20. The Cowboys... When you when you go back and look at it, they will put an ass kicking on you. They might not always play great, but when they show up and play good, bro, they will destroy you on a given night. They will. It, and it, it kind of feels like that's where this thing is headed, man. And, you know, again, you look at this and I know a couple of weeks ago they held Miami to just 66 yards on the ground. Name me your favorite Miami running back. Yeah, bro. I mean, that honestly, they, they don't they don't have anybody. And, and so. Then I look at it and I go, okay, well, last week they played the Cleveland Browns. We can all name Cleveland Browns running backs because they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and both of them ran for over 50 yards. Chubb went for 80. I, you know, I, I just, and collectively, Cleveland ran for 174 on them. So when you look at it that way, man, I just, this has a replica. I don't know that the Cowboys are going to have five takeaways, but I, I don't expect much different than last week in the Colts. To me, I, they actually are better offensively than Houston is. I mean, at the end of the day, at least the Colts have a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan and they have Jonathan Taylor. What What is it on Houston offensively outside of Brandon Cook? So we all just kind of figure, oh, put digs on Cooks. Cool. Who's next? Like what next on Houston's offense? If I tell you I've got digs on Brandon Cooks, who else do you think can do anything for them offensively? I don't know who it is. No, they got a tight end. OJ Howard is their tight end, their main tight end. And then Jordan Akins. Those are their two tight ends. No, I'm, don't think so. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, they they just they don't have anything, man. They just don't have anything. And I guarantee you, Davis Mills has not seen a pass rush with the creativity and the things that this team can do like he's going to see on Sunday at noon against the Houston Texans. It's just not going to happen. I would agree with that, bro. That's why, to me, I think this is going to be, and I don't think I picked the Cowboys to blow out a team. I thought they'd beat the Colts by like 10 to 14 points. But this one, and see, now if we both pick the blowouts, this is when it'll get close. I'm like, okay, well, what the hell? I just don't see Houston doing anything much against this defense. And the Cowboys should be able to run all over them and do what they want. So give me the Cowboys 31 to 10. <laughs> See, you just copied me. I said 42 to 10. Well, yeah, I'm not going to go that high because, I mean, that's, man. But I'll, I, I think, look, 17 is a huge spread. We talked about that only the eighth time in franchise history. They've been favored by 16 or more. They're three and four in those other seven games in covering the spread. But, I, I, man, I just, Houston is really, really, really bad. They are, they've, 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 I mean, there's five games left in the season. Everybody else in the NFL has at least three wins, but Houston, I don't know. Maybe they magically get one more win. They're, they're going for the first pick overall in the draft. They're going to take Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They don't care about this season. They suck. They're horrible. You're at home. You should go and whip the shit out of Houston. That's what you should do. Yes, sir. You are correct. 
All right, before we take this trip around the block, let's tell you about our friends over at Brews Biltong, man. If you guys have not put in your order for Brews Biltong, you need to get it in. You want to make sure, I mean, it takes a few days to ship to you, so go ahead, jump online, brewsbiltong.com, B-R-U-S, B-I-L-T-O-N-G, brewsbiltong.com. You can order a snack pack. You can order a bigger bag. They've got the slab. They've got so many different options for you. For the beef jerky lover in your life, it makes a wonderful Christmas present, and it's one of those presents because most people are unfamiliar with biltong. It's one yes, of those presents, are. I think when they get it, they'll be like, whoa, what's this? And they're like, well, I know you like beef jerky. Try it. It's even better. And it'll be an actual surprise and an actual gift for somebody that is interesting, intriguing, and something they probably have never had before. Nah, man, it's 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 great, bro. <laughs> and I tell y'all that I call them delicious butt strips because that's a part of the, uh, the animal that they take it from and they cut it into strips. It's tender. It's juicy. It's succulent. It's everything beef jerky's not and all the good stuff that it is. That's a good way to say it. Um, it's also got what I like, 230 calories, 30 grams of protein, two-ounce pouch. That thing rocks, bro. It's a great snack in the middle of the day for me. It's a great late-night snack. It's got no carbs in it. If you're trying to stay fit like your boy, go get some. It makes your guns go bang, bang. It'll make you like pop. That. There's no doubt about that, man. <laughs> Loaded with protein. It's savory. It's tender. It is, it's really good. It is a phenomenal snack, and if you are a beef jerky fan at all, you will love Brews Biltong. Online, brewsbiltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15 at checkout, J-A-M-15. You get 15% off your order every time. We're also brought to you by JR and his guys over there at Freeway Tire Shop, the mechanic you can trust. The mechanic, when you drop off your car, you're not freaking out wondering, what are they doing to make me have to come back again in a week? They're going to do the work, they're going to do it right, and they're going to stand behind their work. That is what Freeway Tire Shop is all about. No, man, I rock with JR, and I've, I've been doing it for years now because uh, I trust him, man. You go to a doctor because you trust him to take care of your body. You go to a mechanic because you trust him to take care of your car. It ain't really all that complicated to me. And what I love about JR is I can trust him to diagnose what the hell is wrong with your car. That's number one. Then I trust him to use quality parts. Never forget the first time I worked with him. And he said, hey, you want this part? It's cheaper, but it'll last, uh, it, but it won't last as long. This other part is more expensive, but it'll last longer. You won't have to worry about this thing. Which one do you want? I was like, damn, this dude different. Then you can trust him to charge you a fair price, which we know mechanics don't always do. And finally, man, another big deal. JR stands behind his work. You can trust him to do that. If it ain't quite right, you bring it back. No problem. Get it right for you. Send you back on your way. No big deal. If you can find a mechanic who does all that, go ride with him. No problem. But if you can't, and most of y'all can't, trust your boy, Jacques. Trust your boy, Matt. Ride five minutes up the street on 35 North from downtown. Get off at 35 in Commonwealth. Go to JR. Tell me your boys from Jam Session sent you. And send us a thank you note later. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. We found the guy you can trust. We found the guy that does all that for you. So you don't have, stop your search. Freeway Tire Shop is where you go. Anything you need, inspection, oil change, tire rotation, tires, any type of mechanical work, you can schedule an appointment or request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. So we jump into this and, you know, I feel like one of the things that people, they don't take advantage of it enough. And I don't know that if you don't live in the immediate downtown Dallas area or close to downtown, but Clyde Warren Park right there in downtown Dallas. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. And when I used to live on the west side of Dallas, I mean, I literally lived five minutes from Clyde Warren Park and we would go when we would have my son. Sometimes we would take him 
because we were living in an apartment. We didn't have a yard back then. So we would go to Clyde Warren Park if we wanted to throw the football around or something like that. And they've expanded it, as many of you in Dallas are aware of. And there are now three new places that have opened at Clyde Warren Park that are going to be serving food. Two of them are temporary. They opened a Fletcher's Original Corny Dogs stand over there. Andy's Frozen Custard, but one of them is permanent. And this is the Salty Donut Shop that had a previous location. Some of you may know them because they had a location over there in the Bishop Arts area. But man, this, this Salty Donut Shop sounds insane. And granted, oh, you got you to gotta like some sweet stuff. I think that's fair, but right, right, right. they are going to be a permanent fixture and they are known for selling coffee and fancy donuts like a donut that is horchata with torched cinnamon meringue. Say that again. Horchata with torched cinnamon meringue. Well, damn. They have a pumpkin spice French toast brioche donut. They have a churro pastry filled with dolce de leche. And they offered, get this, dude. They offer donuts that are buns stuffed with Terry Black's barbecue brisket. I mean. I might have to rock with that one. That's what I was thinking. That sounds actually delicious because you got the, the sweet, you got the salt beef brisket taste. Yeah. Wrapped around some sweet goodness. I might have to rock with that one, Doug. I bet, man. I mean, that's got to be. Where's the salty donut at? It's it's somewhere in Clyde Warren Park. It's it's on the okay. the east like lawn. Like they got that meat casino there. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's on that side of it, and they even say that they they do like limited time where they'll make certain things, and when it's gone, it's gone. And last week they did when they first opened this location, they did a roll with mozzarella cheese and caramelized onions that was supposed to taste like French onion soup. No, nah, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> But I mean, that's, I, I like the creativity. That is impressive. That's impressive. It's like, remember that dude who used to come down from Sherman and would deliver those donuts to us that were always so insane? Yeah, that's my boy. I mean, it, it sounds like that. Now I'm, I'm a, I'm not a crazy donut them, person. Cause those donuts were too much for you. Yeah. I, I'm not like a huge load up a donut. Like I like just normal glazed donuts and I don't, I mean, I can't even remember. I probably haven't had a donut in at least two years. I don't know what, like, I never wake up and think, man, I really want to eat donuts today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, Momo's donuts were fantastic. Yeah, so. And uh, he came down a couple times and just, whoo, boy, it's delicious. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think what it is, it, like, if, if, if Maddox is with me, I've taken him to get donuts sometimes. Like, he, little kids will wake up and be like, man, I want donuts. And he'll be like, hey, can we get donuts? I'm like, yeah, why not? We'll go get some. But I don't, to me, I'm not, I just am not, I'm not, I don't know. I need more for breakfast than donuts. Sugar bread doesn't get it for me in the morning, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I like donuts. I They're very you, tasty. And I am the guy, much like with the Oreos, how I can just eat two. I am the dude. I can eat a donut and walk away. I don't need to eat more uh, than that or go down the rabbit hole of a ton of donuts. Well, I'm glad you can do that, but I've been a fat guy most of my life. It's so, hard for me to do that. I know. A lot of people can't. I mean, I, I don't nah, know what it man. is. Uh, I, um, <laughs> bro, I, I admire people like you <clears throat> who could do that uh, because your boy can't. I have to get rid of it. You know, I, I told Matt this before, he, whether he remembers or not. 
I'm the kind of guy, and I have to do this, so y'all can judge me, but I just laugh at it. It's just what you got to do, man. Like, I like Oreos. I don't often think of Oreos, but I like them. And so once or twice a year, I could be like, wow, today's a day for some Oreos, man. And I go buy a bag of Oreos, and I might eat a sleeve. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Dude, when I say I'm done with them, if I just put them down and say, oh, I'll come back in a couple of weeks and have some. Nah, bro. I, I go to the kitchen, turn on the faucet, sink them up, put water all over them, destroy them, and then get rid of them. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Otherwise, I'll come back later and be like, oh, okay, just a few more won't hurt. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there at some point in life. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. I mean, it's there are things in, in life that are very, very tasty, and it is really hard to just say, no, I'm not going to eat any more of this. So I, I understand that. But somehow yeah. I have developed the ability where I can just say, nope, I'm good. Bro, that's a great ability to have. But at the same time, like to your point, like we, we don't have like right now because we have this tradition of when we decorate the tree for Christmas, like she'll make these little, you know, pre these cookies that you can buy and you put them in the oven and make them that like easy. Like she's not making them from scratch. You know what I mean? But it's dough that you buy that makes Christmas cookies. And so I had a couple of those the other day. But other than that, like we generally speaking, don't have like sweets in our home. Dude, I don't either, because if they're there, I'll eat them. Right. I like to get them when I'm in the mood for them, have what I have. And then. That's it. Yeah, man. And, and there are times where I'm like, man, I wish we had something sweet. But then I'm also like, okay, I'm glad we don't because I might eat five cookies right now. I don't know. So it's better this way. And that's a, that's a good way to do it. If there's something you don't want to eat, just don't have it in your house. No, true. Because when the craving yeah. hits, you're not going to, well, I'm going to drive to the store right now and get it. You're, real, you're not going to do that. No, most of the time you're not. No. Uh, sometimes you will, though. <laughs> no, sometimes, you know, and sometimes you need to. Sometimes it's okay. Go eat, right, right, go, right. go, you have that cookie. So the other thing I was curious about, and man, we do this. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday where this is the one time of the year. You know, we'll watch some Christmas movies. We'll listen to Christmas music. Because once we get past this, this phase, I'm not in the middle of March or July going to be like, hey, let's watch a Christmas story or something. You know, and you, you do it every year and it gets to the point where you've seen it so many times. Like, I got to be honest with you. I have seen a Christmas story. It's one of my three favorite Christmas movies of all time, but I've seen it so many times that the other night we put it on and I was reading while we were had it on. I was like, well, I'm just going to read my book and because I know what's happening and I can I can loosely pay attention to what's going on because guess what? I already can tell you what's going to happen next. <laughs> But we watched it because I wanted to see the sequel that came out on HBO Max that was released in November, which is A Christmas Story Christmas. So for those of you that aren't familiar with The Christmas Story, it's, the, it's set in 1940. You know, it's a bunch of little stories kind of put together that makes a movie about Ralphie and his family and, and as they approach Christmas. And he wants the Red Ryder BB gun and that whole thing. A Christmas Story Christmas is a direct sequel to that movie that is set in 1973 that shows a grown-up Ralphie with his family going back to the home that he grew up in in that little town because his dad had just passed away. Right. And so, and, and obviously the main actor who played his dad in the original movie died like 15 years ago or something, Darren McGavin. He's, he passed away many years ago. But they did a really good job. If they had released this in the theaters, it, it would have bombed. 
You have to be a fan of a Christmas story, the original, to be into this whatsoever. Right. It's cheesy, it's corny, but man, it is a Christmas story. And the way that they have it, all the original characters that are still alive for the most part come back and, and at least make an appearance. And they wow. you you kind of, it, it had a really a really good amount of that nostalgia from the original while forwarding the story. And I mean, they made it just like the original. Like there are times I'm like, man, this is just so corny. But the, you know, the original was corny. And <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a bunch of little, goo like his visions as a kid, you know, and the way that he's going to be a hero with the Red Rider BB gun and all that. And, you know, he it, it's, it was well done for what it is. And, and so if, if you are a fan of a Christmas story, I would recommend, because we watched them back to back. You know, we went right from one right into the other one, and that was kind of neat. And you see the updated Ralphie and, and all the, the people that were in it. His parents in the original movie, the dad passed away, and the mom retired from acting like 20 years ago and declined to be in the movie because she's in her 80s and hadn't done anything in years and years. But it's kind of wild. And, and then last night we watched Christmas movie number three. Did you ever see the – it came out in the late 80s, the Bill Murray Scrooged no, but I ain't no Bill Murray fan. So Yeah, then don't watch this because you'll hate it. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I've seen Scrooge before, and I remember watching it. I was talking about this with one of the guys up at the station. They're like, oh, yeah, I love Scrooge. And I was like, really? I said, man, I don't remember thinking it was that good. He's like, oh, it's great. You got it. You got to. When's the last time you watched it? I was like, I honestly, probably when I worked at the video store in high school. So that would have been 25 years ago. He's like, oh, dude, you got to watch it. I was like, all right. So we come home last night, we watch it, and I was like, now I remember why I never watched this movie again. I do not like this at all. It is, it's a take on the Charles Dickens Christmas Carol story, you know, where right, right? Bill Murray plays the Scrooge character, but man, it is so out there. It's weird. The ghosts of Christmas past and Christmas present are just annoying as hell. And I, I realized, like, I, we got about an hour into it when he starts getting visited by the ghost. And I was like, now I remember why I've never watched this movie again. <laughs> why? What happened? It was bad? It's just not. It's, 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 they, the funny parts miss to me. They try too hard to be funny. They do a lot of dumb, stupid stuff in it that I just don't think is funny. It's just, and, and it's just a weird version of it that, does, like, for me, it just doesn't work. Like, there are really good versions of that idea like one of them that i like quite a bit that is underrated and is a little bit of a different take on it is the nick cage one that came out called a family man which he plays you know that again the whole story he's kind of the scrooge character and it's right. not that ghost of christmas past visit him he gets to go and see what his life would have been like if he had not chosen to be rich and just pursued and, and pissed off a bunch of people in his lifetime and he gets to experience that part of it. And he's just kind of a normal middle class, even lower middle class dude who's married with kids. And, you know, he wakes up and doesn't realize that he's not who he thought he was. And so that whole that whole side of it, that's an interesting take that's not directly, oh, here comes the three ghosts to visit you and show you all these different things. Right, right. But I don't know. A Christmas Carol has been done so many different times in so many different ways. A lot of people like the original and this is a different, very unique take on the story that I, to me, because the lady and I both at the end of it, she was like, yeah, we'll probably never watch that one again. I was like, you're right. We will not. <laughs> I will not watch Scrooged ever again. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to, it has to be like that. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I suppose it does. And, you know, now you move on and we, we got to watch our Christmas movies. We'll do Elf at some point. We'll do a Christmas vacation. But, man, I've gotten into... Did I tell you about the 8-bit Christmas movie that we watched? No. About the kid pursuing the Nintendo? <laughs> no. Okay, so I don't know how I missed this. It came out last year. If you grew up in the 80s, if, if, right, if right. you spent your childhood in the 80s and were alive when original Nintendo came out, and you are of the age where that, that just blew your mind, this movie is for you. Because it is set in the winter of 1988 leading up to Christmas, and all the little kid wants for Christmas. He's 11 years old. So he was one year, one or two years older than how I was at that Christmas. And all he wanted for Christmas was a Nintendo. <laughs> and it tells the story. And man, there are so many 80s childhood references in this thing. Now, it's set in Chicago, and I grew up in Dallas, so I wasn't experiencing all the snow and stuff that he's dealing with in the movie. But outside of that, man. Like, there's one scene, for instance, at the very beginning. He's telling the story of how he went to go get the Nintendo to his little his daughter. And his right. daughter goes, you were riding your bike? And he goes, oh, yeah, we were riding our bike through the street. And she goes, but you were wearing your helmet, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. In the 80s, we always wore helmets. <laughs> Jeez. You know, but stuff like that that's just like, we never wore helmets, obviously. And, you know, the whole idea that you just leave the house and your parents are like, all right, we'll come back before the sun sets and... I mean, there's a scene in there where one kid in his neighborhood had the Nintendo and everybody would go to his house after school, hoping that they would let that they he would let them play the Nintendo. And that's what I did in the 80s. We had a kid. His name was Jeff Davis that lived in our neighborhood. And after school, we would ride our bikes to Jeff's house and we would sit down and watch him play Nintendo until hoping he got bored and would let one of us play. I remember that. I was like, what kind of butthole was that? Yeah, man. I mean. And this movie, it shows all that stuff in there and just this and then the way it wraps up and the nostalgia of some of that stuff. I mean, it is I can't believe I, I missed it when it came out last year, but it is it's, again, you got to understand, like if you grew up in the 80s and were around the, the video game craze of Nintendo and all that, you, I think you'll love this movie. You'll love this movie. <laughs> It's called 8-Bit Christmas, and it is just, it is, it brought back a lot of nostalgia of my childhood and the way that, you know, seeing, like, the things that me and my dad did and, and, and just stuff like that and how his parents were and all that. It, it was very reminiscent of how I felt, I think, growing up in, in the Nintendo era in the mid to late 80s. Dude, <laughs> that's great. I can see that. I can see that going, yeah, all I want is this. Hell, I felt like that by the PS5. So, yeah, I got yeah. that vibe, bro. No, I mean, we all wanted one, man. I, I, we didn't get one. We got one. I remember this. I'll never forget it. We moved to Mississippi from Texas when the day after third grade ended, the next day we moved. And I was I did fourth and fifth grade at Rosa Scott Elementary School in Madison, Mississippi, which is in your neck of the woods when you're in Jackson, obviously. And... I'll never forget this. While my parents were, I guess, looking for a home or trying to find a place to buy, we lived in a duplex or something, I, I forget, you know, temporarily. And my mom got us a Nintendo because she felt bad that we had to move. And because, I, I mean, you move at the beginning of a summer, we didn't know anyone. We Obviously, I mean, how could you? We had just moved right. to this new place at the beginning of the summer. We had no friends there. So me and my brother, Chris... You know, we she we got a Nintendo 
And we were each allowed to play, I think, for an hour a day. And sometimes we would share to where like, okay, we can play for two hours if we play together. Or we can each play for (laughs) one hour alone. And then sometimes we would just do that and I'd watch him play because I don't know what it was about Chris. That dude has, for his lifetime, always been better than me at video games. I wonder what. I don't know, man. Like, pick the game. Like, is it hand-eye or is it? thought process like on something like call of duty i don't know what it is but but man he until nba 2k because when i got nba 2k a year ago every time we play he's i think he's only beat me like once or twice on that game and i whip his ass most of the time and i don't know why it is but there are times like he used to play when goldeneye came out for the n64 he got so good at that i mean you couldn't even play with him because it wasn't any fun (laughs) he'd be like oh i saw you know like a i I saw like a little thing of you sticking out from behind the wall and he he just could he was so good at shooter games and then he got really good at like zelda and stuff like that like on various systems but the one thing and this is a true story nobody ever believes me and then chris will be like oh yeah that's true chris (laughs) i moved to austin to do radio early on when chris was first moved to austin was living there and or he might have still been in school. I can't remember. And I, he came over to my apartment one night and we were going to play Madden. And he goes, I don't want to play Madden against you. I was like, why not? He's I'll beat you a hundred to nothing. I was like, you're not going to beat me a hundred to nothing. That's impossible. He goes, okay, let's play. <laughs> I kid you not. And, and we were playing that th- we weren't playing like the short quarters. We were playing like normal length of time. He's up 93 to nothing. <laughs> and I'm about to score. I throw a pass in the end zone. He intercepts the pass in the end zone, runs it back for a touchdown to win 100 to nothing. <laughs> Kid you not, swear. Uh, totally uh, true. I'm so impressed that you got to the end of a game like that. It was unbelievable. Well, I kept getting pissed. I was like, I'm going to score. I'm going to score. You know, and the problem is, like, part of it, when you get down like that, I started chunking it deep a lot, and he, would, he had a ton of turnovers. Like, he just kept picking it off. And then finally, I actually had gotten into scoring position. I mean, I'm in the red zone. I'm like, like this is a seven-yard pass that he intercepts. Somehow runs it back for a touchdown. I'll, I mean, neither one of us will ever forget that as long as we live. Who the hell does that? <laughs> and it might have been 94 to nothing because I don't think he had to kick the extra point because he ran it back as time expired <laughs> to get to 100. It was a, it was a crazy. I wish that we had had camera phones back then because we would have filmed it and then we would have proof. See, I told you this is actually what happened. <laughs> that's nuts man that is absolutely nuts wow that shit is funny as hell <laughs> it is and that is the truth so there you have it my friends and we got to get to our conversation with clarence hill jr before we do that i want to let you know Smokey john's barbecue and i'm stoked about this because we'll be in town i guess three weeks from now i'll be in town and i'll be hanging out and i can't wait to take you know, probably gather up the crew and head over to Smokey John's Barbecue for the Jam Session Bowl. But let's not forget, it's not just about the Jam Session Bowl. As a matter of fact, when you look at this, they've got their holiday special going on right now. You can pick up their holiday pack. And many people are having Christmas parties, or you might even be having like your Christmas, your family Christmas, because so many people have multiple family Christmases. They will do, here's their holiday pack, two pounds of brisket, one slab of ribs, one whole chicken, two half-gallon sides, a gallon of tea or lemonade, your choice. You get all of that for $164.95. I mean, you talk about feeding your holiday party, man. That is a deal right there with the holiday pack at Smokey John's Barbecue. 
Hell yeah. And the thing about Smokey Johns is whether you get that deal or whether you swing through and get the jam session bowl off the secret menu. Yeah, it's on the secret menu. <laughs> uh, everything's delicious, man. It's great. It's uh, this, you know, it's really amazing. Most most restaurants have a specialty. Their specialty is everything on the menu. And, uh, you know, the jam session bowl will tell you again, order it because it's a treat, man. Here's what it is. It's macaroni and cheese or uh, mashed potato base. Your choice of two out of five smoked meats. Your boy usually rides with the brisket and the uh, sausage. Although, okay, I, I'm going to keep that a secret. Keeping myself out of what you're taking my mix. Uh, but after that, man, they put all the stuff you put on a loaded baked potato, Matt. You know, chives, onions, bacon bits, butter, sour cream. They drizzle it with that special sauce, man, and it is fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's tasty. So check them out. Local, family-owned. They have been for years. So check out that holiday pack at Smokey John's. You can also check them out online at SmokeyJohns.com. And, and don't forget, you can always go by and pick up the rub. They've got that available for you. The rub and the sauce available for you there at HEB in Frisco and Plano, the Smokey John's that you can pick up or order it online. That's another thing that makes a great stocking stuffer. I can tell you that right now. A, a treat for somebody in your family that likes to grill out and do that type of thing. Order your order, even if you don't live in the DFW area, they'll ship it to you. Go to SmokeyJohns.com. You can order a bottle of barbecue sauce and you can wrap that up and give it to somebody in your life that really likes barbecue and they'll be blown away by that. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to do that because there's a dude at the station that was telling me the other day how much he loves barbecue <laughs> and that his dream has always been to go to Texas and try Texas barbecue. And I might just gift him a bottle of Smokey John's barbecue sauce and be like, well, start with this. <laughs> All right, friend for life. Just be aware of that. Well, that's true. Yeah. Do I want him to be my friend for life? <laughs> well, the questions you got to ask yourselves. All right, let's check in with them. Let's go and say hello. He's been covering the Cowboys for a long time for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Clarence Hill Jr. joining us here. And Chill, first off, let's start. What do you know about Odell Beckham Jr., the prospects of him coming to Dallas? Is that something that is still on the table? Or are the Cowboys shying away from OBJ with his injury situation? I don't think it's the issue of shying away. I think, you know, we talked to Jerry Jones yesterday, and he said that, you know, they're still talking, that, that they have not moved on. And so it's just a matter of, I mean, it, it takes two to tango. And Odell has two other teams he's talking to. And we understand that there, there's some other teams that are still interested in who he has not visited with, and he's not ready to make a decision yet. So he's still taking a step back in that whole process. It's just a matter of uh, what's right for everyone. Uh, what, what's true is that, you know, Odell Beckham told the Cowboys, and the Cowboys told, you know, you know, understand that he may not be ready to play until the start of the playoffs. You know, uh, the, the Cowboys' one interest in Odell is about now. It's about him having an impact this season on a possible Super Bowl run. You know, and, and can you get that done with him not playing in any regular season games? You know, and, and whenever he shows up, if that's for the playoffs, how much is that worth? What do you pay for that? You know, and, and, and so that's where it is. And he still has other teams who may be more amenable to a different situation. Uh, certainly uh, signing a contract through 2023 is important to him because he, he wants to go on the team through next season. So it's, it's almost like he's doing March free agency in December and, and adding on the last, you know, the end of the season to that. So he's trying to, you know, his biggest focus is, 
securing a spot through next season. He wants a, a home. He does just not he doesn't want to be a soldier of fortune just for the last half of the season. So, you know, the Cowboys would mind him being here next year, but they need to know that he's gonna be able to make an impact this year. And, and that's kind of where they are. Most people a lot of people in the organization or who are out on the situation, but Jerry Jones is not out on it. And as long as Jerry Jones is not out on it, it's still in play for the Cowboys. So what's your gut say? What's going to happen? <laughs> you got three different teams. You got Odell. You got the Cowboys. You got Jerry. Uh, I, I I would say that the the energy, the excitement, the optimism that was there in the building, even from Jerry Jones for the last three weeks, even on Sunday, has dissipated. It's not the same amount of optimism, not, not the same amount of energy, not the same amount of excitement. Uh, regarding Odell Beckham as it was before his visit. You know, and I, I think that Demarcus Lawrence had, had one of the greatest quotes on the subject just from a from a player, bottom line player standpoint. When, when, when basically yeah. he said that, huh? I said, hell yeah, he had a great quote. Yeah, when he basically said, if he's going to help win, win a Super Bowl, I'm all for it, but I'm not here for the circus. If it's about the circus, you know, I'm not interested. You know, and, and so... Jerry cares about the circus. Jerry loves that. He loved the, the you know, I, I felt dirty on Monday. I felt like paparazzi on Monday. We're down at the Mavs game. And, uh, you know, we're chasing him. I don't, remember, I don't remember last time I chased, ran down and chased people. You know, that was so long ago in our young career. We chased Michael them all over the place. Uh, oh, they're coming in. And so we were chasing Odell Beckham at the Mavs game. It was a great thing. He loved it. Uh, some dude named Corey, who's dating a, uh, Chris Jenner, was there with him. You know, I don't know how he gets involved in these things. I think it's Corey Gamble or whoever his name is. You got Michael. You got everybody. All the media is there, and, and it's just a circus. And he was certainly didn't like playing like he didn't want the media attention, but he was he was loving it. So uh, it, it's just Jerry loves all of that. And he, he he I don't think we the Cowboys have not had a one thousand watt player. I mean, the one thing about this team. You know, you got a lot of good guys, but you don't have a lot of high-profile guys. They're high-profile because they play for the Cowboys, but they don't seek attention, you know, like T.O. and, and Michael Irvin and Dion and, and Dez. You know, these have got more low-profile guys. You know, Jerry likes that 1,000-watt bub on his team. Um, I'm going to ask you this before I end up with an Odell Beckham question. Is Michael Parsons a 1,000-watt guy? I don't think so. I mean, I think he is with his play, but I don't think he is off the field. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he's not Dion and the flashy, the Michael, the the. the no, he, he's not that. He's not trying to run with the Kardashians like Odell Beckham. Okay. <laughs> now we'll take one exception before we move on to a different Cowboys topic. <laughs> you said Odell Beckham was a Hall of Famer in, in one of your. Fights with no, did not, never night. did. No, no, I was talking what, about no, 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 no. What you, you say? You okay, me, clearly, because I'm you, like, you, ah. you, got, you got me confused. You got me confused. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were talking about Von Miller, so that's that's why we all went off the rails on you on that Twitter. We were talking about Von Miller, not Odell Beckham. Oh, okay, because I'm like, what are you talking about? Odell Beckham ain't no <laughs> Hall of Famer. I, I I know we were, but but it was about Von Miller. All right, okay. Ooh, well, so, I quit looking at stuff like, and cussing this guy out this morning. That's why we were looking at you sideways, okay? Okay. Yeah, Von Miller's a Hall of Famer. 
right. <laughs> you didn't do well. Your, your reputation in the streets is not good right now because you made the city wasn't, okay? Oh, all right. <laughs> let, me, let me go clean that up right quick. I done fired <laughs> off on somebody this morning about that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> OBJ, a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he got three yeah. toes, he's not a Hall of Famer. And, and to me, oh that's part of it. I mean, that, that's how quickly these things happen. I mean, if I'd have told you five years ago that Hodel Beckham would have been a Hall of Famer, he looked at me like I was crazy. He was, you know, again, a thousand watt bub who's in New York, his three time Pro Bowl, is making these catches. He's the, he's the toast of the league. Everybody's feared Odell, Odell Beckham. And, you know, injuries, situation, he's not. You know, you could say the same thing about, you know, Des Bryant from, from 2013 uh, you know, and 14. You know, we thought that he, this, this was the beginning of a Hall of Fame career, and he's not, he might not even make the ring of honor. <laughs> Seriously. It, 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 I, I've, I've seen people go from sugar to shit so much. People fall off a cliff in this business. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. But it happens. Well, Injury, the... life, things because... happen. Look at Zeke Elliott. I, yeah, I mean, I thought he'd be a Hall of Famer after his first three years in the league. And, exactly. Uh, you, know. The, you know, that's probably not going to happen. So, I mean, it's, you know, the Hall of Fame thing, man, is about greatness and longevity. A lot of people have great years or great three or four year stretches. But it's like, can you be a great player for a decade? You know, then we can even start the conversation. No, no doubt, and you know, and, and I guess you know, to me, there there may be a question of whether you know Zeke is, a, is, is he a Ring of Honor guy at this point, with, with, you know with, with no with no playoff wins and no no championship. I wouldn't think so, but uh, I would say that clearly there's a lot of, uh, you know, he got a lot of substance to him, and so if he can get some of that other stuff, uh, the feeling for him as a teammate and a person and a player and what he gives. You know, may get him there one day, but you know, if uh, if the if the standard is the standard, it's gonna be hard to get up in there. But Tony Romo about to break the standard one day. Okay. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because Tony Romo didn't do yeah. none of that. He just put up some you know, great I, numbers I, I and was an outstanding player, and and there's but, no but, shade but he on him. He was terrific, but he didn't he, meet the standard that we were told. And he ended he ended his career all time leading passer. I mean, Zeke will not have any. We care about rings, dog, not stats. I, I, I understand that, but I'm just saying Zeke will not have any individual rushing record. <laughs> no. Because of a guy named <laughs> Care about rings. What team are you been paying attention to? And, and that's, that's it. And that's what this is all about. You know, when, when DeMarcus, you know, it's about the, 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 the you know, I, the, the road is paved, the road is clear, okay? The road is clear. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC, you know, especially with the quarterback situation in San Francisco. But even with San Francisco, there's no boogeyman out there. There's no the, – but the Cowboys with Odell Beckham, but not Odell Beckham, for them not to at least reach the, the NFC title game will be a colossal disappointment this season. Damn. Even you think even going having to go on the road for your first two playoff games if they don't make it that far it's a colossal disappointment. Go on the road where to Tampa to Seattle. Yeah, I mean obviously your first wild card game most likely will be at the NFC South. It'll be at Tampa, but then after that, Tampa, you know, don't, I mean, Tampa don't. This ain't Tampa of two years ago. No, but I'm talking divisional round. You, you might be going on the road to San Francisco. 
you're playing the 49ers team with no quarterback. I like it. That's how I feel. I mean, NFC title game. I can't. Don't get me excited. I mean, you you you, you cannot. You lost. I mean, this is your turn. You know, to 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 go back and and and, and get your cornbread back for San Francisco. They took your cornbread last year. <laughs> Was it hot? What? I, mean, I, I know. I know you don't know nothing about life. You know. <laughs> They took your cornbread. Okay, they took your bicycle. How about that? Let's go. No, I like cornbread better. Let's go to they Friday. They took your bicycle. You better go get your bicycle back. If that's the case, go get your bike back. From Debo. Yeah, I'm here for that. That's what I, I I agree with you, Chill. I think it's the Cowboys and the Eagles are the two best teams in, in the conference, and this is as good a shot as they've had in years to make a run to get into the NFC Championship game. Like, I expect they should be there. That's the level this team has been playing at. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, I would, I would, I would, I would hate having to play in the cold outside in Philadelphia in January for the championship game. You know, it. but it is what it is. <laughs> you know, but, but, but get there. Get there and have a chance. Oh, yeah, please. God, that would be insane. I ain't worried about the cold. The reason why you got a run game and a defense is to deal with the cold. Yeah, exactly. This this team is made was built to make a run. You know what? If they make the Super Bowl, I'm having a Super Bowl party at my house. And I I never do that. But if they make the Super Bowl, I'll be in Arizona. How about that? God, this is great. All right, so but, but, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves because first you got to take care of Houston. So it's not really well. Really? No, no, no. Here's they're the question. Practicing this week. They're no, not here, they, they, they're not even practicing this week. You know, here's the question. They're, they're like, that's the kind of to get your ass beat. That's true. This uh-huh. is the NFL. They're not playing an FCS school. All, all right, chill. Do they cover? They're going to cover 17? Yeah, they're going to cover 17. They're going to blow the doors off of them. Why would they not cover 17? What is he? Houston averages 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are averaging like 37 with Dak Mack right now. So 37 to 15. Sounds like the score. You know, it's... It, 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 <laughs> I mean, the Cowboys are healthy. They're getting healthy. You know, you know the thing I like about the Cowboys, is, which is another example of them going for it, is, is how they're working the offensive line. And, you know, you remember back in the olden days, when they, you know, we can't move Zach Martin to the left. You're going to have to change two positions. It mixes up the chemistry. They tinkering. They tinkering because they're trying to get the best team out there. During the game, whether they got Conor McGovern playing center, they got uh, – Tyler Smith playing guard. They got uh, Jason Peters playing tackle. In the middle of the game, they just switching them out. You know, let's 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 run this combo. Let's try this combo. So we're trying to make sure we get the best five guys out there. When Tyler Smith comes back, we're gonna start. You know, he's already returned to practice. We're gonna put him out there and, and let, him, let him wrap up. You know, they doing preseason in the middle of the season, in the middle of the game. That's how good they got it right now. It's better with just run against these bad NFC. AFC South team. Is that uh, we giving Mike McCarthy credit for that? Oh, of course. I mean, Mike McCarthy is, is, is say what you will, whether he runs the defense, runs the offense, he runs the football team. You know, and he's the one who has, has, has prepared this team and decided how they prepare and play and the rotations and all the other stuff. That's his job. And he's done a great job. There, you know, you know, it's interesting when it, when they went against Houston. This will be the first time they've had back-to-back 10-win seasons since 1995-1996. You know, Jock was on the beat way back then, okay? 1995-1996 was the last time they had back-to-back 10-win seasons. 
And when they clinched the playoffs, it was their first back-to-back trip to the playoffs since 2006-2007. One thing that Mike talked about in the last season was, you know, when everybody was frustrated, uh, he said, you have to keep getting to the playoffs. That's when you're most comfortable. We talked about them not being comfortable and being nervous and all that other stuff. Because for the last decade or so, it's been you get to the playoffs, you have a good season, you take a step back. You get to the playoffs, you have a good season, you take a step back. Well, finally, there's some comfort in their own skin of getting to the playoffs and having a good season and being consistent with it. Yeah, I mean, that, that it makes sense. That's what you want to be. It's wild to think this is a franchise that hasn't had the 10-plus win seasons in consecutive years since they do, that long they, ago. They do stupid stuff like win 12 games in 14, 4 games in 15, 13 games in 16. Nobody does that. Most people stick a 10-win season in the middle of that, and I think they had some injuries or something in 15. Well, well they, yeah, it, yeah. Romo got hurt yeah. in 15, and then in 16 had the big year with, with Dak, and then Zeke's on suspension, and they go 9-7. I mean, and, right, so and, and if Zeke's not winning for six games, you know, that's back-to-back 10 wins, he's back-to-back playoffs because they missed the playoffs about a game that year. But right. the facts are the facts. You know, you go back to when they when they won against in, in, in 2009 or, or even going back to when they won in 2007 on the way, you know, Roma got hurt in 2008. You know, 2009 they win, they win the playoff game. Then Roma gets hurt in 2010 and they fire away. Yeah. Yeah, so they've had a lot of bad luck, a lot of weird circumstances, and that's one reason why they've done it. But I mean, the fan base don't really care. The fan base just know it is what it is. Can we yeah, get this no back to back ten win seasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, and, and, and again, I've, I've I've never seen the the cast system, the hierarchy that is so split. You know, there's there's really just there's three good teams. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to make of Seattle. I still don't know what to make. I don't know how good they are. So they're they're beating up on bad teams. I don't know what if they beat a good team yet this year, but they're winning games. They're, they're probably going to win. You know, they're going to get in the playoffs. I guess they're going to win the division. Uh, but I know the 49ers, You know, were, were scary. You know, when, when when Garoppolo was out there. You know, now they're starting to for a rookie quarterback. I don't know what that's going to look like. <clears throat> but outside of the 49ers with their defense and and. Uh, the Eagles, Cowboys, I guess you have to put the Vikings in there because they're, they're 10 and 2, even though they got blown out by the Cowboys and, and blown out by the Eagles. There's nothing else. There's nobody else that are real contenders. I agree. I, this is, I mean, this is one of those years that they have failed to take advantage of in the past when they've had opportunities. They've got another one that's going to present itself. And they, I mean, if they don't get to the NFC title game this year, you, you have to. I mean, that, that's, you should be there. You're one of the best teams in this conference. Bottom line, they should they should make that run, but you still got to get past Houston. You got to get past Jacksonville. Then you got an opportunity again against Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping I'm hoping some somehow some way the Bears or the Giants can get the Eagles. I don't think it's happening, but it'd be nice if the Eagles came to Dallas with two losses. But they're probably coming in with one. Yeah, and you know I I really thought the Titans were the best chance to get the Eagles with the way they play defense. Yeah, it's the way I thought they played defense. In that run game, but you know, the, you know, Eagles, Eagles. That was their best win of the year. You know, that 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 was their best and most impressive win of the year. What they what they what they did to the Titans at home, and, and so uh, they got two games against the Giants, and you know, and I just don't see. We we've seen the Giants. I don't think they're complete enough to beat the Eagles. Certainly, anything can happen. You know, they almost got got by the Colts and and everything else. But 
it's not about catching the Eagles. Just beat them. You know, I, I just don't. I think they'll be hard pressed to catch the Eagles, you know, just because of who they play and how they're playing. But if, if they beat them on on Christmas Eve, you know, then we can wait for a, a playoff rematch. That should be good. Um, what do you think about um, Boss Man Fat playing this week? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. He didn't. He didn't practice today either. He's sick. He, he's sick. Uh, but. Even before he got sick, you know, I, I, they think he's going to play, but he, somehow he's got, this is the second time he's been sick in, in, in three weeks, which I don't know what's, what's going on there. But, uh, you know, I've not been in on, on Bosman Fat uh, at all in, in, in his, this situation. You know, I don't think he should have been on the team after what happened in, in May, uh, you know, or, or the spring. I, I, he wasn't good as a rookie, you know. Uh, the Cowboys do believe that, you know, that may have been a wake-up call for him because he has – you know, been accountable, been showing up, you know, on the field and in practice and doing everything. He's done everything the right way. Uh, but he still got to make plays on the ball. He hasn't made the plays on the ball, he, he, you know. you know, But he's going to get targeted. You know, you know, everybody was beat up on Anthony Brown. Well, you're going to see what life looks like without Anthony Brown now. Tyron Smith is practicing this week, but he's not going to play, correct? They're waiting for Jacksonville for that? I will see. I mean, I, I think that they're waiting for Jacksonville, but you when know, I talked to Tyron yesterday, so he, he's good to go, you know, no matter when the Cowboys let him go. But he's been ramping up for a while. And, again, whenever he does come back, the Cowboys are going to be smart with it. They're going to, you know, ease him in there. And just like they did with Jason Peters, they're not going to put him out there for a full load. they got time to ease him in there so he can possibly be ready to go, maybe for the Eagles game. All right. All right. I like it. Clarence Hill Jr., as always, man, we appreciate the time. Thanks for jumping on. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. Very good problem to have. Thanks, Joe. All right, no problem. All right, there he goes. The always busy Clarence Hill Jr. Hanging with us on Jam Session. Good to chat with him and good to chat with all of you. We will be back for you. We will obviously have a podcast coming your way next Monday after the Cowboys. What we all believe, Chill said it. Jacques and I have said it. Basting and pasting and destroying the Houston Texans, and then it's on to Jacksonville. Feels like we've had to get past the last couple of weeks, and everybody's just got their attentions turned to Christmas Eve for that game against the Eagles. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.